Got two quick announcements to make uh, this coming weekend. Springhouse Theater Company opens The Giver, and so if you uh, would like to see that, it'll begin this Friday night. You've got seven opportunities. Also, this Wednesday, we're having a picnic, uh, church-wide picnic, and uh, if you don't, we're not, not going to check ID cards, so if you, if you come and you have never been here before, that's okay. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll feed you a hot dog and a hamburger and give you something to drink, but if you want something on the side, you might want to bring that, uh, or a dessert. And uh, I like desserts, so please bring a lot of those. Uh, <laughs> would, you, uh, would you stand with me this morning, and let's uh, read a passage of Scripture <clears throat> from 1 Corinthians. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the power of resurrection. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place, and I pray that every heart would be touched. I pray that every, every soul would be, receive a revelation of you and of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Life, what a wonderful thing. Uh, we're all enjoying it right now, or we're all certainly a part of it, but the question remains, what's it all about? What lies beyond? What's, uh, what's on the other side, if you will? And does anything lie beyond? And what is the meaning of it all? In case there is a meaning. Uh, or is it just... Is it just a matter of uh, chemical compounds and reactions? Are we just uh, genetically encoded DNA and then once that dissolves and is done away with, everything's finished and everything is done? There are people who, who feel that way. There's a philosophy of that and uh, it's, there's a word for it. It's called nihilism. And uh, a nihilist is someone who will tell you, if you're looking for meaning, buy a dictionary because that's the only place you will find one. You won't find it in life. But yet, even, even among nihilists, there are people that they honor, and there are people that, that we honor in this world, and then there are, there are those that we, uh, that we look on as being um, villains, villainous, vilified, those people. But if there's no meaning to anything, then what's the difference between you know, Charles Manson and Booker T. Washington. I mean, what's the difference in their lives? Who cares? What's the difference between Lizzie Borden and, 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 and Corey Ten Boom? I mean, and, and, and if there's nothing beyond, then I promise you that Adolf Hitler's conscience is not bothering him right now. And Abraham Lincoln is not sitting there gloating over the fact that he's on the $5 bill, which makes up for us putting him on the penny. Almost. His rap name is One Cent. Yeah. Okay. If there's no meaning, 
then there's no such thing as kindness or mercy, generosity, freedom, beauty, even love. Those, those things are just words, just words that uh, describe a portion of the illusion that is meaning. But if that's the case, why do we care about these things so much? Why are they so important to us? If you can live in such a world, then have at it. But be warned. The prophet Isaiah was speaking to a group of people who had that very philosophy. Let us eat and drink and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And Isaiah said, The Lord Almighty has revealed this in my hearing. Till your dying day, this sin will not be atoned for. Says the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the greatest gift he's given you is life. And to just go, there's, this, this has no value. This has no meaning to it. It's a terrible sin. Well, there are, there are alternatives. There are, there, are, there are, I can think of three primary alternatives that people follow in this world. Uh, one is, is joining, the, the ultimate goal is to join in with the ultimate consciousness in the universe and go into nirvana and and you know that that kind of sounds cool but until you realize that the 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 idea is that the goal of life in the material world is to ultimately achieve a state of pure consciousness and be free of the material world and be free of its of its hold on us completely and then we'll be happy or something one problem is this carries the notion that the material world is essentially evil have you looked at the material world that God created lately that isn't connected to what man has already messed up? Would you give me sound and lights, please? See 
serve a God, we worship a God who created this material universe, and he stepped out and he looked at it and he didn't say, this is evil. He said, this is good. This is good. And, and part of the problem that I have with this, with this notion is, the big problem that I have is that it seems somewhat meaningless to say that the goal of physical life is to escape physical life. It's actually quite easy to escape physical life. All of us will do it at some point in time. Though not everyone does it intentionally, but it happens and it, and it comes to all of us. It's, that's, going to, that's going to happen anyway. Well, a second notion that, that people have is, uh, is, is the notion of reincarnation. And uh, often that, that notion is, in, is of joining with the ultimate consciousness is, is tied into that. But let's just look at this by itself. It's the idea that we keep coming back as, as someone or, or something else. And, and it has invaded our culture so pervasively that even around the church occasionally at times, you'll hear somebody say, well, I must have been, you know, a, a seal in... Maybe not a seal, but I mean, you know what, you know, I must have been something else in, in, in a former life, you know. I, uh, and we don't think, and we just, just blows by us. It seems to make sense in some way. I mean, you know, that's kind of an appealing notion, that, you know, the do-over. You get to, but one of the problems is the, is the idea of karma, which uh, is tied into reincarnation. Without, car without karma, reincarnation is essentially a clone of nihilism. Everything's meaningless. We just get to keep doing it meaninglessly. And karma has to do with getting what you deserve. A bad person, whatever a bad person happens, whatever that means, ends up being something lower, something, something worse than they were in the beginning. A, a good person, on the other hand, like a husband who washes dishes, would... Uh, would end up being something better, something higher, what, whatever, whatever that means. And if that's the case, and I, and I know that one, of, I don't know a lot about reincarnation, but I know that one of the fundamental principles of it is that uh, you learn each time and you get better each time. And if that's the case, then why aren't we collectively getting better? Why is it that we are, you know, if all the good people are being promoted and, and, and all the bad people are being demoted, then why does it not look that way? There is another idea, and that's the idea of resurrection. And resurrection is not reincarnation. We are not resurrected as a, as a, as a new baby of any sort. We're not resurrected as a... As a as a something else. It's not a, it's not a mulligan. It's not, it's not a do-over. Resurrection involves continuity, in fact. You, you remain who you are. When, uh, when God spoke to Moses at the burning bush, he said to him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Jesus made this clear later on that what he was saying is he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So there, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when they passed over to the other side, were still Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's not just because, you know, they're like the big three or something. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then when I'm on the other side, I shall know fully even as I'm fully known. 
I'm not all that necessarily keen on the name Ronnie. It's okay. You know, I'm looking forward to, you know, Jesus giving me like a, a cooler sounding name or something. But, and, and, and I think that he will someday. But names uh, aside, I will still be who I am. And you'll still be who you are. According to the, according to the resurrection. And then over in, in Luke 16, Jesus told a parable about a rich man and Lazarus and on the other side one went to a bad place and one went to a good place but they were both still the rich man and Lazarus they were they were who they were and there were rewards and there were and there were, and there was punishment and that's part of what goes along with the resurrection as well uh, well if these other alternatives seem to be logically inconsistent or unsatisfying the idea of res- resurrection seems to be both ridiculous and terrifying i mean it's ridiculous to think of somebody rising from the dead is it not when when paul went to athens he was invited to come and speak uh, to the to the Areopagus on on, uh, on on top of Mars Hill, and he was talking to them about the unknown God that they had over there, they, and and everything was going along fine until he mentioned the resurrection from the dead, and then they sneered. <laughs> Went well, you had me until you got to that one, you had me until you got to that point. But why, why is it ridiculous? Other than the fact that, well, it just is. People can believe (coughs) that all of this is meaningless. And in fact, we not only consider that to not be ridiculous, we consider that to be, well, no, that's that's what a a modern person would, would necessarily think. People can believe that all this is meaningless, though there's ample evidence to the contrary. Part of the evidence to the contrary is your concept of right and wrong. You have a concept of right and wrong. You believe in right and wrong. So, well, I don't know if I believe. Well, I'll tell you what. If somebody slugs you out here in the foyer with no provocation, it's not our fault, first of all. But you're going to think they're wrong. You're going to think they did wrong. Somebody steals your purse, your iPhone, your, uh, your, your dog. Depend, depending on how you feel about your dog, uh, you're going to think that that's wrong. And also the desire to love and be loved. Where did that come from if everything is meaningless? And the only people who don't really have that strong desire to love and, and receive love are those who've given up. I mean, that, that if they had the slightest hope that they could have it, they, they would grasp it. The desire for significance what does significant mean in a meaningless world? Yet every one of us, we don't necessarily want to be famous or have a lot of money, but we want to count. We want to matter. And the desire to live. So, well, people desire to live because it hurts to die. Well, how do you know? And if it hurts to die, okay, it hurts to live sometimes. But we desire... We desire to live. People can believe that they're going to come back as a different organism and uh, are a different person, even though there's no, no uh, evidence to that effect. This last week I was looking up, you know, some of the, that's where I get these beautiful slides as I spend time messing around, uh, as look, looking up some. And I had typed, you know, when you type in in Google, there'll be suggestions. And I, I had typed in reincarnation. And one of, the, one of the suggestions was evidence for. And I went, really? So I clicked on it. 
And I discovered that the evidence for reincarnation is that uh, Jennifer Lawrence looks like an actress that used to be alive some time ago. And, uh, you know, I was kind of going, well, wow, they really do look alike. And Julia Roberts looked like somebody. I go, wow, that's something. But then I got to the one where part of the evidence for reincarnation was that Robin Williams looked like Ulysses S. Grant. And I said, nah, you lost me there, guys. You know, if, that, if that's your evidence, you got, you got trouble. And you say, well, but sometimes people know things that happened in the past that they couldn't possibly. It's called familiar spirits, people. There, 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 are, there are spirits, and they've, they've been here for a long time, and they can, they can actually speak, because there's a spirit world out there. People can believe that there's some sort of universal consciousness, even though there's no evidence to that effect. But people often sneer at the notion of resurrection, even though there's quite a bit of evidence to support it. Well, how many people have ever been resurrected? One, how many does it take? How many, how many do you need to know that it can happen? You know, six, 25, 150, what, what's the number? One will work, quite frankly. And the evidence that he rose, in fact, from the dead, there's evidence to that. The empty tomb being, being, being the most powerful evidence. See, less than two months after the crucifixion, Peter publicly proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem. He said, this, this Jesus who was accredited by God among you with miracles and signs and, and wonders, as you yourself know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death, nailing him to the cross, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Well, where is this tomb? Well, it's right over there. He's not there. Some might say, well, it's easy enough to steal the body. However, it's clear... It, you know, it, it's, it's easy when you're not there. Everything's easy when you don't have to do it. Everything's easy when you're just sitting and thinking about somebody else could have done that. It's very clear that the, the authorities considered Jesus a threat because they insisted on having him crucified. And, and not only that, the day after uh, he hung on the cross, the, the Pharisees came to Pilate and they said, Sir, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said after three days he will rise again. So not only did they consider him a threat, they knew what he, they seemed to have known even better than the disciples did what his, what his plan of action was. So they, they posted guards at the tomb and the guard was placed there. And there were people still around, certainly when the guards themselves are still around, when Peter was proclaiming this publicly. And there were people still around from that generation when the Gospels were being written. Uh, and yet, there's no record of anybody speaking up and going, oh, that's just nonsense. That didn't happen because here he is or because they did that. The notion that the disciples had the influence, the resources, even the guts to go and steal Jesus' body. Now that's ridiculous. And furthermore, they lacked one other very important thing. 
and that's motive. Why would they do it? Well, they were followers of Jesus. Yes, but what did they have to gain by propagating a lie? What did they have to gain by having their guts ripped out because they had believed in what he had to say and now he's dead? What did they have to gain by going, you know, let's just pretend like he's still alive and make everybody else try and believe that? Were they going to try to overthrow Rome? No, that was never Jesus' agenda, and it wasn't the disciples' agenda. They didn't go there either. Were they going to try to overthrow the Jewish religion? That was never Jesus' agenda. And in fact, it was years before they even discovered that Gentiles could be saved. So that wasn't part of it. Were they just eager to be persecuted and martyred? I don't think so. If you knew that by promoting a lie, you could face ongoing harassment and persecution for the rest of your life, which might not last very long because they would also be trying to kill you, but you might also become famous. You, you on board with that? Is that something you would do? What, what motive did they have? And if you knew being threatened with death that all you had to do was tell the truth, and you could be spared. You know, if you, if you, if you, if you wouldn't do that, you're, 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 you're sick. There's something wrong with you. If resurrection is really the most logical choice, then what does it mean? It means that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is of first importance. Of everything there is in the world, it's of, it's of first importance. It means that the gospel is supreme. Not, not only is it truly good news, but it but it trumps every other system of thought, every other system of belief in the world. Peter, Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and his great mercy. He's given us a new birth through a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And not only that, he tells us what's on the other side. He gives us an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade away. There's something good on the other side. Well, what about the terror side of resurrection? I mean, you know, the rich man, you know, he didn't get off too well. Do we really only get one shot? Well, Hebrews says we only get one shot. It says it's appointed unto each one of us to die one time and after that to face judgment. But that doesn't mean we only get one shot because you got a second chance today. You, got, you had a second chance yesterday, but you got a second chance. And you know, if you're like me, this might be like your 499,000 millionth chance. But it's there because, because of God's great love, we are not consumed. His steadfast love never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are brand new every morning because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And so... Paul says, what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And today we celebrate that resurrection. And, and thinking about, you know, how to, how, how to close things out this Sunday. You know, I, I'm aware that most of you here, yeah, you're, you're all over this. You're all about this. Bread of heaven. Yeah, let's sing that thing again. You know, and some of you are here because somebody's going to take you out to eat after this service today. So, some of you are here because somebody wanted some Easter eggs or something. 
And I hope what I have said has made you very uncomfortable. Because these are the alternatives, or you're just going through life and not even thinking about it. But you have a chance today. And so here's what I want to do, because we're going we're to end with a, with, a, with a couple of songs. But I want everyone to stand with me right now, and we're going to say a prayer together. And those of you who, who know Christ, you're not going to have a problem with saying this prayer. And those of you who don't know him, or those of you who've been away from him, and those of you, you know... You say, you mean if I just say this prayer, then this might fix it? Uh, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're just speaking words, I don't know that it'll fix anything. But if it, if it comes from here, bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I come to you today asking you to receive me. Make me your child. I'm unworthy. I'm a sinner. But Jesus died for me. And you resurrected him from the dead. And I believe both of those things. And so by faith, I come to you and call you Father. Lead me. Receive me. Take my life. Amen. We got a video we're going to show and then we're going to do two songs. You can sit down for the video or you're going to stand up for the songs. Christians talk so much about Jesus' death. Everywhere we look in churches, around people's necks, everywhere, death seems to be yelling at us. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Why do we talk so much about death as Christians? You know he really lived a good life. Yeah, he sure did. Is the world ultimately a cold place? Does death really have the last word?
perhaps death does have the last word. Perhaps despair is the best response in a world filled with fear and corruption. Light seems to be squeezed out by the darkness. It's easy to be cynical in a world filled with death. Sometimes it seems we relish being cynical about death. But Christ doesn't speak so much about death. God only allows three days of such talk. Now in Mark's gospel, Christ tells his followers three times, I must die. But he speaks 10 times about his resurrection. You see, Easter is Christ reminding us that God hasn't given up on us. The world matters. We matter. And uh, the violence, cynicism, hatred, and oppression, those things will not prevail and they cannot last. And just when you think it's over and lost, just when you think it can't possibly be put back together, hold on. Because God is doing a new thing. Renewing, regenerating, reintroducing, restarting, and restoring. Death isn't allowed in. Who is allowed in? Who is allowed to be renewed, restarted, and restored? We are, even us, the same people, only transformed. Can you believe it? Resurrection! That God says that uh, when the, the, the greed and oppression and cruelty that you see and witness all around you seems like it's gonna win, it is right then that resurrection occurs. And God wins, Christ wins. Resurrection. Easter people. Now God says to live like Easter people. People that know that death does not have the last word. People that live on this side of the resurrection. We are Easter people. We are Happy Easter, Easter people.